0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Gamecock on the Right. I'm your host Dakota and today I am with Brendan, Brendan Connors.
1: Yes, I'm here. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, man.
0: Yep. So Brendan, you are the president of a organization on campus.
1: Yes, I am. Uncensored America.
0: (laughs) Yep. Would you like to tell us kind of a bit about Uncensored America?
1: Well, we are, uh, contrary to popular belief, we are a nonpartisan organization on campus where our only battle is free speech. We fight for free speech uh, for everybody, not for one particular side. Uh, unfortunately, that topic has become increasingly politicized, and now it's kind of been seen as a quote-unquote right-wing dog whistle, which is pretty silly because free speech is at the core of this country. But um, it's, you know, overall, it's uh, it's a lot of fun, you know, just fighting for free speech we have a lot of really cool uh speakers come to campus uh last march we had former uh congressional candidate laurel loomer which was uh that got a little spicy and uh in um by the time this comes out i guess it will have already happened but uh when we're filming this tomorrow we'll be uh we have an event with john doyle and brianna Wu, who people may not know those names but look them up they're both pretty interesting uh, And it's going to be on whether or not we should ban pornography so uh you know, the upload will be on YouTube, definitely go check that out
0: Yeah, yeah, um, I'm personally excited for that debate It's going to be a good one um, a, lot, a lot to talk about there um, But today, I guess I just want to like get your input So, while we're called Gamecocks on the Right um, How do you see yourself politically? Now, not through UA, this is not a UA thing Of course, but just, yeah I'm you know, just talking to you personally What would you consider yourself?
1: Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, and I, I mean, an aspect of uncensored America is we can have our own personal beliefs outside of the organization and without you know making that a reflection of the organization as a to- uh, you know as a whole. Uh, personally, I would definitely define myself as a conservative. Uh, when I was younger, I used to say I was economically conservative and socially liberal, but uh, that's definitely changed a lot over time, uh, especially. Being in a you know growing up in a much more liberal place and being you know originally going to school in a much more liberal place in Boston, uh, it was very interesting, very different. Um, so I would, it definitely changed a lot of my perspectives in the what, world.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because like personally, I I lived an hour away from here my entire life. Um, you know, rural South Carolina is not a very liberal place. How was it? You said you're from Connecticut.
1: Yeah, I'm from a little town called Westport, Connecticut. Uh, People probably haven't heard of that. Uh, Fairfield County, people may know Fairfield, uh, not too far from Long Island, from uh, New York City, about an hour. Um, But it's a very, uh, very liberal place, very different from uh, down here in South Carolina.
0: Yeah. So um, I guess as you've grown up, you said that you were, you identified, I guess that's a... Weird term
1: to use No you can say I I don't We can't let them Steal language Yeah exactly
0: (laughs) I just It doesn't feel right Saying it anymore But it's An accurate statement As um, Socially liberal Fiscally conservative Uh, What would you Define that as?
1: Yeah so I guess When I was younger I was very much More for You know I was like Oh we should Be you know More I guess However you would Define economically Conservative uh, With taxes And stuff And government versus little government in general. And then uh, when it came to social issues, I was kind of more free flow, let things kind of, you know, live and let live, I guess was the mentality. And uh, as I've gotten older, I've kind of seen that, you know, as far as legislating, yeah, you can there's certain things that shouldn't be legislated, that it would be an infringement upon people's rights to legislate them. But I also think there's a lot of things in our society that are encouraged that shouldn't be encouraged and are damaging to people's psyche, the family unit, important institutions in society that, especially in American society, are uh, fundamental to them working. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so that's kind of changed. You know, that's how I my social views have changed. They've shifted from that more liberal live and let live to uh, maybe we should have more hard lines. We should have more, uh, yeah, I guess hard lines and more firm rules in society mm-hmm. when it comes to these social issues.
0: So when would you say that that change started to occur? Um,
1: it was always kind of there, uh, kind of brewing under the surface. I had these thoughts and I was like, no, but that's not really right. Uh, but when I went to school, uh, the first time when I first went to college, uh, which was in the middle of COVID, uh, right in the middle, I fall 2020 was supposed to go to school. Um, Did't work out, deferred a semester and waited until uh, January 2021. I went to uh, Berklee College of Music in Boston, nah, not the smart one in California, so don't I'm not that smart. <laughs> um, and that was really uh, where I first was exposed to like the I guess the liberal the, the far left mindset because liberal that, that word's been appropriated a lot um, and gets kind of misused, but the far left ideals uh, in practice seeing them uh, I remember you know there was a rally for the supposed racist teacher at Berkeley there and it was like this crazy BLM thing there were helicopters like filming it for the news it was really weird and uh, that's where I kind of started to think that hmm maybe these these social movements you know it's not only that they've been misappropriated but they're never good from the get go you know mm-hmm. especially i mean for example the black lives matter movement kind of there was this idea when i was younger of oh i agree with the the movement but it's been misappropriated well maybe from the get-go these people just used a term that people liked and they were able to hook people and get people to blindly follow an ideology because oh wow black lives matter well i can't i can't disagree with that because then i'm a racist which is also a term that gets misused Mm -hmm. um and so seeing those things and building up over time it just it really changed my my worldview and it made me really, you know, stop and think about well, how can I, where is this coming from? And it, it leads me back to uh, Andrew Breitbart, famously said, uh, "Politics is downstream from culture, and uh, they're trying to change culture to influence politics." And that's been happening in this country for the past seventy years, at least.
0: Oh yeah, gotcha. So basically, you to I guess rewind, you. Went into school during a a very politically charged time during COVID. I can say the same that, I mean, I started here fall of 2020. It was, there was a rough time. It was very turbulent. There were protocols for COVID everywhere. It was, it was, you know, a nightmare navigating all that. I remember that there was a big protest, like the second or third week we got back to campus. That was a really big thing we had to talk about and deal with. And on top of all that, it was also an election year, so... Every politics was on everyone's mind.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Especially.
0: and that's that's really how um you know like things went that year. Mm-hmm. That that was basically the year. Yes,
1: twenty twenty was a very political year. Covid, yes. the quote unquote summer of love in twenty twenty. it was a it was an interesting time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I will I'll definitely agree to that. That I've always leaned more conservative. Um, I leave I'm I consider myself a conservative with some. Some libertarian views, but cherry-picked libertarian. Yeah, views. yeah a little L libertarian, not big L libertarian. Yeah, um, not affiliated with the party. Yeah, uh, definitely the, not. The the party's crazy. Yeah, those guys are are talking about licenses for your toasters and stuff. You know, a little they're, much. They're a bit a bit odd, but you know, I, I came to campus and like, I've I while I was a conservative, I didn't really like intend on getting involved super heavily. But there was nothing else to do. There was there all the all the clubs were shut down, and here are all these protests. Here's this election. Here's you know COVID lockdowns, and the one voice at the time was uh, that was really out there getting everyone's attention was Turning Point. Mm-hmm. So yes, it attracted a lot of people that were frustrated with the situation, and basically from there, from that going to those meetings, uh, basically sent me down where I am today. And I can think that to the crazy culture we live in and the time in 2020 so I can definitely relate to that uh you know idea of that's when I became more conservative myself um, mm-hmm. so so tell me after the crazy year of 2020 yes I know you said you went to to uh, Boston for college correct yeah how did you I just I'm just curious how did you end up here
1: well um I guess I can tell a little story to help kind of show how it—it's very different down there versus, or I guess up there versus down here. Um, In Boston, um, at at Berkeley, there were no conservative orgs, obviously, because it's a private institution—they don't have to allow them. But also, the population there—who would want to start one at music school? They wouldn't. You know, no one in their right mind is going to come out as a conservative because the other 99% of the student population is going to completely blacklist them, and it's horrible. But so my girlfriend at the time went to Emerson College, which Mm. is also in Boston, and they have a chapter of Turning Point. Okay. And there was a pretty big national scandal that happened there when the chapter there started releasing these stickers that said, uh, you know, because the game Among Us was popular, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if anyone else is familiar with that game, but there was this whole thing, you know, you are sus, as in, you know, suspect, suspicious, or whatever. And so this sticker started going around that said China is sus, Mm -hmm. with a little Among Us character, and he had the the CCP logo on it referring to the Chinese Communist Party, which is, uh, you know, very suspicious in my opinion. They're, uh, they're, they're I would they to, you know, raise the alarms. And everybody in Emerson started calling it racist, saying this is so mean to Chinese students. Oh my gosh, I mean, meanwhile, it's all white students saying this. It's so mean to Chinese students. And so the Turning Point chapter releases a statement and the treasurer of the Turning Point chapter, whose idea it was... To release those stickers, was Chinese, so hmm. that's you know deduce that you know from that what you will. I don't think I need to explain it to you. I know. Uh, I think everybody's pretty smart to realize that that's just that's pretty dumb.
0: Yeah, I know that those stickers actually made it down here. I've seen those stickers. Yeah,
1: really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: uh, they were very relevant at the time. So, but that's that's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, and so that kind of the the change, seeing that in practice kind of i was just like i have to get the hell out of here this is crazy um and i took another semester off kind of thought about it was applying to schools i was you know thinking in the southeast in general you know maybe florida maybe georgia maybe north or south carolina uh and i was talking to a family friend one day and he just kept going on and on about south carolina he's like i love south carolina you gotta go there it's you know wherever you go try to go to south carolina it doesn't matter what school he's like i I love, uh, you know, Charleston. I love these places. You started saying Charlotte, which I'm like, that's North Carolina, but close enough, bud. Um, and he was like, yeah, go to the go to South Carolina. So I was like, okay. Started looking into schools. Ended up USC, the real USC, by like 80 years oh, or something, yeah. <laughs> 80 plus years. I mean, I don't know where the argument is.
0: The real USC and the real
1: Gamecocks. Yes, and the real Gamecocks, as we proved, kinda the other day. I mean, a it was very, a little close. I I.
0: Even though we won, it was not a happy win. It was. Yeah. Yeah, We're not. We're going to talk about that. It feels almost like a loss. Yes.
1: Yeah. Like we we won on paper, but did we really win in spirit? I I don't know. But we won. won. And the day we're still in contention for a bowl game, so that's that's what matters. For now. For now. (laughs) But it'll change next week.
0: (laughs) Vandy, please suck. Yeah. But nonetheless, um, so basically you came down here because of all the crazy stuff happening up there.
1: Yes. Okay. I wanted to get away from it, find a place where – not necessarily because obviously any college campus is going to have a liberal bias, mm-hmm. whether it's in the student body or with just the professors. I mean I don't think there's any campus in the country that has a conservative bias with uh, – Professors, uh, don't quote me on that. I'm not a statistics guy. There might be like some <laughs> private school. Exactly, somewhere. some private Catholic university, in yeah, in some you know rural town that's got like 300 kids that go to it, you know.
0: But yeah, no, no, a no big school. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's no big
1: name university that's yeah. got a conservative. You know, that put Marcus itself as a conservative mm-hmm. college, right? With, as far as professors go. Yeah. But yeah, so
0: you got here. Um, I'm bad on my timeline here. When did you get here?
1: Uh, last fall. So what is that? Fall 2022? 2022. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 2022 was my first semester in uh, South Carolina.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And can, could you see, even though, as we'll get to soon, we have our own, you know, lovely people here. Mm-hmm. Would you say, in general, uh, that the atmosphere was, was different? Uh, was it you basically ran from one problem and came to another? or
1: No, it was like night and day. I mean, it went from I was, you know, scared to ever oust myself because if I even, you know, there was people that stopped hanging out with me at Berkeley within... First moment of meeting me because they're like, oh, he he gives off quote unquote Republican vibes, which is like hilarious because I hate Republicans <laughs> for a lot too, which is great. You know, no offense. I like the college no, Republicans. No, no, no. We, we don't <laughs> like most Republicans either. But <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I, I don't know if you guys are allowed to say that, but hey. I, hey. I as a non member of the college Republicans, will say I don't like a lot of Republican politicians. You know, no we, offense. There's some that I like and I think they know who they are.
0: Yeah. Um, I will say that uh, that is not a problem. <laughs> um, we also encourage disagreement. I honestly think when we have uh, CR meetings and people do disagree, those are the better meetings. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, typically granted, as we'll get to soon, our disagreements tend to be more you know, respectful appropriate, you know yeah. in civil. line with, civil, that's a good word, um, so there's still something to be got from there I guess that's bad English something to be received from mm-hmm. that experience um, but Needless to say, I definitely think that um, that's just terrible that like you kind of like he might sort of kind of be a Republican. Yeah,
1: he gives off Republican vibes. That's just
0: so slimy.
1: Yep, And then I get here and I'm able to, you know, tell people who I am. They're like, we don't care. We don't care. Like that was my first interaction with people. A lot of them would say, like, we don't care what you believe. Like, are you a cool person or not? Yeah. Do you, you know, do you know how to hang out and not be a fucking weirdo? (laughs) Can I swear? Can I not swear?
0: You can swear. Okay. It's just,
1: it's fine. (laughs) It's okay. I can, I can, I can keep myself clean if I need to. It's all good. It's all good. (laughs) But it it was a night and day sort of thing, definitely.
0: Yeah. Um, I have noticed that, like, People at USC in general are rather apathetic to politics on a large scale. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, there is still a liberal bias, but that's not to say that, like, most of the time, most of the student body is just like, I kind of, like, feel this way, but like, I'm not going to get, like, so impassioned to, like, do something. And I mean, that that is kind of a double-edged sword of, it is nice if you you know, like, wanna be a Republican and not be like essentially bullied for having for sorta might being a Republican or or conservative or what whatnot. Exactly. But also at the same time, people not being interested leads to apathy, which leads to the problems that we have now. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say at least, which is a lot of people just aren't informed, which, you know, kind of also oh, hurts. Totally, yeah. Yeah.
1: Which is kind of the point of uh of Uncensored America is to reach those people who may not be so politically inclined, who may not yeah. be so invested in politics the way that, you know, I understand that I'm a, a weirdo I guess in the sense that I, you know when I was younger, most kids were watching you know, Minecraft Let's Plays or whatever, and I was watching Steven Crowder and Alex Jones and things like that and getting involved mm-hmm. in politics from a very young age, which I understand is, is abnormal, and yeah. is not the, that is not the norm, so the whole point of Uncensored America is to market to those kids and, and those people who may not be so invested in politics uh you know the way that i am but who want to learn more and they have that that feeling they're like i want to be involved more but it just seems so daunting it's like well we have this fun event where you're gonna learn about a topic that maybe you haven't heard a lot about before that's a lot of our topics are trying to i mean if we're not having a speech on free speech it's a a debate on a topic that is really something that's not in the popular conversation It's yeah, not like, in popular media I
0: will say that the porn debate is not on the
1: A-list of Oh yeah Hot button issues uh-huh. And it's definitely, you know, in my opinion I think that's an issue that probably everybody thinks about in private And probably has these moments of reflection Where they think there is this issue here But it's not something you see a lot in popular media Especially yeah. in the news There's not talks about these things When these mm-hmm. studies come out about how porn affects the brain Especially, you know the male brain, because men tend to use the you know yeah. use pornography more and consume that. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, it's ignored a lot. So I, it's not even that it's not talked about, but it's almost ignored. People go out of the way. I remember Billie Eilish came out a couple uh, years ago talking about how her porn addiction when she was younger really affected her, mm-hmm. and uh, that didn't really get picked up by a lot of popular. No, but you know, it was rather media. surprising. But it was, I mean, especially for a girl to come out there and talk about that, because yeah. I feel like women usually have this aversion to that. But it's, it's even a problem in, you know, it's, it's a problem across the board for men mm-hmm. and women. So I'm just curious, um, and we'll know tomorrow,
0: and this will be <laughs> after the fact. So are Mr. Doyle and Miss Wu, are they like just like completely for, completely against, or do they have like, what are their positions going into the debate?
1: Um, I don't know exactly what Brianna Wu's uh, position is. She, um, obviously she's a, a more progressive, she's a feminist type, she's more, uh... Didn't she also do Gamergate? Yes, she was big in Gamergate. <laughs> she was, you know, one of the people who made up all the the fake rape threats and all that stuff about her. Oh boy. Uh, she did all that, that was her. And so that, that's her claim to fame. She's a game developer. Uh, and now she's a uh, former, con- former congressional candidate. She's done that twice. Really? I did yes. not know that. Uh, she failed both times, unfortunately. What state? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I think in the D.C. area. Okay. Well, that's rather... I could be completely wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, be completely that's actually rather interesting, though. I did not know she ran for office. Yeah. And so I, I would imagine her take is more not only is it, good where it is but like it's just like don't touch it at all like mm-hmm. you know maybe she's i would imagine as any reasonable person she's probably in favor of online restrictions for people oh i guess in massachusetts okay yeah massachusetts. So she ran in massachusetts not too far from me <laughs> i'm surprised she lost like i believe she lost in the primaries there That's must have been how she lost must have yeah she, she lost in the primaries um gotcha. but so I I would imagine her position is, you know, the more liberal position on it. And while I I would ima- and from what I know, John Doyle's take is to, uh, I don't know if his take is to ban it entirely or that this stuff should be heavily restricted. Mm-hmm. Um, from trying to think, because I know he's very against it and against usage of it, but he's also um, pretty pro civil liberties and stuff like that. Just yeah. people, you know, very little l libertarian type. But I. I would imagine probably leans a little bit towards some of these things like OnlyFans and stuff should be restricted because, I mean, at least in my opinion, I think that's literally digital prostitution. I mean, there's a guy can pay you money for you to take a picture of yourself or maybe perform a service on yourself, uh, a sexual act on yourself, and you're selling it to them. That's it's just digital prostitution. Yeah. Uh, which then makes your argument for them like it's they're like why can't we have regular prostitution legalized? And it's well that's we acknowledge that that's pretty bad. That's why it's not legal, but when it's digi- when it's digitized, we allow it to persist. Which yeah. I think is a big problem. Personally, I I would say that it's not, you know, the negative side effects are kind of secondary to the primary problem, which is sex being monetized so heavily which you know, people will say it's been a part of Human society forever. It's been a part of human, you know, since the beginning. Since the first currency was invented, we started using money to buy sex. Which, for that argument, we should you know, you can use that argument for slavery. It's existed since the dawn of humanity. So, isn't that a good thing? Well, no, it's not. We can acknowledge that slavery is bad, but the monetization of sex is yeah allowed to persist. So gotcha. that's my, that's my personal issue with it. I don't know if that's John's position. I think his more comes from the negative side effects for young men mm-hmm. um the average age of exposure is 11 years old for pornography which if we're assuming normal distribution half of you know young boys are is less than 11 under yeah. 11 you know single digits mm-hmm. at a certain point which is yeah it's crazy disgusting in, in my in my view Few. but i think there's, there's something that needs to change with that so yeah. i think it'll be a very very poignant debate. Oh, yeah. It'll be very entertaining, mm. nonetheless. Very entertaining.
0: Um, I'm actually really excited to see what goes down. Um, I'm actually looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, hopefully it goes uh, undisturbed. We're allowed to have good, constructive conversations. Um, but who knows? So Who knows? Anything could happen.
0: <laughs> we'll get back to that. But first, I, I, I kind of want to circle back. I'm like um, Jintaki. We're going to circle back. Uh, yeah, we're going to circle back. <laughs> back. So you got on campus, fall of 2022. I know that... Um, You know, you got here. What led to you the timeline of you getting here and you starting Uncensored America, and why did you decide to start Uncensored America?
1: Um, So, kind of in a couple, a couple things happened at once. Um, I was looking into the turning point chapter on campus. Uh, I was finding it hard to, you know, gather information on them. It was, I don't, you know, no fault of theirs. It was probably my own fault. I just didn't look hard enough in the right places. Um, but I was like, you know, this, this sounds cool, but I was trying to find a, a place where I could make my mark politically on campus. Mm-hmm. You know, switching from music major to now a political science major, you know, this, I had realized, like, this is what I want to do, mm-hmm. so I might as well make the most of it while I'm here. Yeah. Uh, and it was actually through John Doyle, uh, he had a debate with another uh, online commentator by the name of Hunter Avalon at the University of Tennessee. And that was last, uh, I believe, last October. Um, and when that happened, that's how I discovered Uncensored America. And that night I filled out a information sheet, you know, of um, uh, uh, what would be the word? what's uh, like starting a chapter? Yeah, like a, an interest form. Yeah, that's okay. the word. I, I filled out an interest form. And... Y- Heard back from Sean Semenko, the uh, founder of Uncensored America, within mm-hmm. days. He's like, hey, I got your interest, you know, form. I'd love to follow up. Are you still interested in starting a chapter? Um, and that was from there. The rest is history. Uh, we tried to start with the university. Uh, it got a little hairy. Uh, we were initially approved when we submitted our interest uh, or our intent to organize Uh, With the university, but then when I submitted the actual registration, I got a letter back where um, the woman who was in charge of that kept trying to get me to be in contact with another club on campus uh, that is for free speech, but their model is very different. They are trying to have kind of these small, you know, roundtable discussions almost Mm -hmm. of which is, you know, about controversial topics, which is great. Have those roundtable discussions, but that's not our goal. Mm hmm. Our goal is to facilitate these events where people are going to learn more and then afterwards they can ask questions to people who are in the political world. So it's not... So people are getting educated, not just showing up and talking about things from an uneducated standpoint, which I think is part of the problem. But yeah, free speech forum. Yeah. Uh, Which, I mean, they're great guys. I I don't know them too well, but they're... uh, It's just a different model and, you know, this is nothing against them. It was more uh, our friend in the university didn't want to uh, let us organize. She kept coming up with reasons, it felt like. So uh, they had denied us that, which was pretty crazy um, because I had found out later from uh, Dean of Students, Mark Shook, that they had apparently, according to him, never denied uh, a university organization, a student organization before. So the fact that we were denied would lead me to believe that that's probably pretty historical. Um, Because then FIRE, the uh, Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, we love them, they uh, wrote a letter for us saying, hey, you know, this is what happened. You know, they kind of laid everything out for the university, sent it to the president of the university, which then uh, actually the person who wrote the response was Mark Shook, dean of students. Uh, who is a I would consider a, a pretty good friend now uh, we love him he works uh, he makes everything really easy with the university uh, I would say they definitely pulled the 180 after that you know it took mm-hmm. took a little bit to get started and then uh, I have some problems with the way the uh, Laura Loomer event was handled just personally um, but in general the university has been really good about working with us especially when it comes to setting up the actual event they have been really good really fast You know very helpful which is Mm -hmm. big because we've had problems with that at other universities um so that's that's always nice to have the university on our side but uh so that's how I got you know got started on campus uh took a little while uh especially after discovering uncensored america I had to find people who were interested Mm -hmm. yeah and then we got started on campus and uh took a little bit. but Yeah, I believe officially it says uh, March 2023 on our Garnet Gate page is the uh, beginning of Uncensored America USC. Yep. And uh, since then it's been a uh, it's been a lot of fun.
0: Oh yeah. So, have you had any and I kind of assume I know where you're going with this. Have you had any challenges since starting Uncensored America on campus? Oh boy.
1: <laughs> well, I didn't anticipate the amount of backlash we initially received. Um it started with our first event, the Laura Loomer event. I was initially a little nervous that nobody was showed up. Uh, nobody was going to show up, rather. And uh, then everybody showed up. It felt like uh, the hall outside the event was completely crowded with uh, members or affiliates, whatever you want to call them, of this group called uh, OAT, Or oh, yeah. Against Transphobia. We've talked about them before. They're, uh, yeah, I guess in the... Uh, the Gamecocks on the right, lore. We've we we know about <laughs> OAT. We know about them, and they're uh, oh, yeah. they're an interesting bunch. We we love them. We call them the fan club uh, behind closed doors, and uh, I guess now in public. We we call them the fan club because they love us. They really they fill up our seats. They make us look way more popular than we probably are on campus uh so thanks for that (laughs) they um they showed up to our laura loomer event Uh, i thought it was just going to be a couple people you know showing up probably to protest maybe be in there ask her some silly questions uh and it got a lot more heated than that got all it was a lot different than that they were screaming uh fascist free usc in the hallway uh there was one girl who stuck her foot out and tried to uh Figure, you know, She tried to stop Laura Loomer from walking through, uh, tried to trip her. Very interesting. And um, then once we were in the actual event, it was a lot of screaming, a lot of yelling, a lot of uh, fascist-free USC chants, uh, and they didn't let the event start for uh, 20, 25 minutes.
0: Yeah, I think we actually got some audio of that. If we can play that real quick. Oh, oh,
1: fascist-free yeah. USC oh. U.S.C. fascist free! 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 U.S.C. USC. Yeah, so that was pretty intense. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty intense. There was one, uh, there were two, two people in there. I don't know what pronouns they use, so I'm just gonna say people. Uh, who were in there uh, specifically getting a, a very rowdy uh, with, uh, again, Dean of Students, Mark Shook. We love him. Uh, he was doing his best to defuse the situation, but it was kind of, it reminded me of when, you know, when you're younger and your mother says, you know, if you don't do this by the count of three, one, two, two and a half two and th- like we weren't really we, we were never going to get anywhere exactly we're never going to get to three mm-hmm. these petulant babies are still crying they're saying fascist Free usa and it's like you've you've made this go on for now half an hour you're wasting our time we only have this room until 10 o'clock yeah How about I, shut the fuck up and let us do our event i, I mean, don't come on <laughs> i don't think they see the irony and we're going to host a free speech club mm-hmm. and 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 ua the fascist exactly they made i mean first off they're calling a jewish woman a nazi which i mean i i'm a catholic i can't relate to that experience, but I can't imagine being Jewish and somebody calling you a Nazi repeatedly. I mean, I think Laura Loomer's probably been a little desensitized to it now, but as the average Jew, I would I would feel disgusted to be called a Nazi. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, very um, tone deaf. Very tone deaf. Very tone deaf. And they, they just kept going on and on. And she wasn't there to talk about transgenderism or Islamophobia or any of these things, which... They could have spoken to her about very politely when she finished her speech, which probably only would have taken about 45, not even minutes. And then they would have had another 45 minutes for Q&A where everybody could have gotten their questions in. But instead, they kept screaming and yelling and just whining. It just it felt so elementary. And that was that. And they they kind of got what they wanted. They disrupted the event. The event was supposed to be about free speech, but instead they made it about trans issues. Surprise, surprise, they made it about themselves. And, but the world kept spinning. And they then tried to accuse me of all sorts of horrible things, call me all sorts of transphobias and stuff. And that was horrible. That wasn't very nice. And then they came to my apartment after they wrote a letter to the school uh, call, you know, and filed a bunch of false Title IX claims against me, which never went anywhere. Uh, I never even heard from the Title IX office about it because they were completely... I mean, what are they going to accuse me of? I I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. I I hosted an event, and it hurt their feelings. Oh, well. Um, And then they they came to my apartment. They put up a bunch of posters with my face on them, uh, calling me, again, all sorts of transphobes and stuff because I said a a shortened word for transgender, uh, which I guess they really don't like that. And... Since then, they've been a little bit more quiet, but still, I mean, coming, I was getting harassed on the internet, and then harassed in real life, had to file a police report, scaring my roommates, it's a, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't imagine that. For free speech, you know, they they, they call me the fascist, but then they try to intimidate me with violence, yeah, they try bullying to, you. I mean, yeah, essentially, it's bullying, it's yeah. like very elementary. It is, it is, it's petty, and
0: it's childish, mm-hmm. and shame on them. Yes. But it didn't stop you. It didn't stop any of us. No. And I know that y'all came back this year with uh, a couple of events. I know uh, you had your big Harut event, which the fan club did show
1: up for. Yes, the fan club did show up to the Harut event. And uh, fortunately, uh, over the summer, uh, Uncensored America worked on a a comprehensive document to compile all of the OAT misdeeds and Mm -hmm. especially dangerous members who weren't, affiliated with the university at all one of them was a former student one of them was a 33 year old man who had never gone to school here who just lived in the area who Mm. was just angry about trans issues and wanted to disrupt campus events because he has nothing better to do except be a radical leftist and he that guy specifically uh that ginger was a member of some other organizations as well that were very violent uh, so we got him banned from campus, uh, and I believe we got another person who was a former student here uh, banned from campus who overdosed on drugs his freshman year, um, but they couldn't do anything about it because they flushed all the illegal drugs, and the other drugs were uh, were his prescription pills. Um, but he is also known for making estrogen in his bathtub. Oh, boy. Uh, and so he has been, which can be corroborated by uh, uh, Discord leaks and... Uh, where he not only bragged about it, but uh, taught other confused youth how to create their own bathtub estrogen, so that person has been banned from campus that is um that's a lot. yeah, yeah, it is a lot. He uh, yeah the, and so those people, to my knowledge, because I have not seen them around campus, even though I know they're still in the area, they're not allowed on campus anymore because of things that were said online uh, and what they assumed to be. Private chats that we and uh, other uh, this news organization got access to, and we were able to compile all of those things into a document for the university officials, who got them removed from campus. So then that Harut event, they didn't have the same leadership there. Uh, just their one leader who is also a uh, a student here. Who she seems to be obsessed with me. It's very weird. I, I mean, unfortunately for her, I have a girlfriend. Very sorry, um, but you know. I'm flattered. Uh, She and her group have been a little less strong. Uh, They tried to disrupt the Harut event. They kept yelling, and they they just didn't get what they wanted, although they did disrupt the event a lot. Harut, being the character he is, just kept going and going and going, and they couldn't stop him. And so they haven't shown up, really, to any of our other meetings. they're, they're one, that one person that girl who seems to be obsessed with me has come to a couple things but she hasn't even interacted with us she just kind of sits in the back takes some photos um, which is great thanks for the exposure um, but I, I, I imagine I mean you know we can use this as a, as a reference we'll come back to it I imagine some people will show up to the debate tomorrow probably won't be too much but who knows once I go back and listen to this I may be saying boy was I wrong there was a is a large number or maybe nobody shows up which would be ideal honestly if or if they showed up i shouldn't say that not nobody's showing up but rather if members of oat showed up and sat respectfully and wanted to listen to our conversation and then afterwards ask questions that whether they're related to the debate or they're just questions they want to ask either of our speakers come do that but i I would hope that that's what happens yeah if it does remains to be seen optimal timeline Yes, yeah, but <laughs> it does remains to be seen.
0: <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Well, I, as a fellow conservative leader on campus, um, it's definitely nice to see more of a conservative body on campus, um, especially from times where I remember that it at one point, basic. I mean, we had AFL, but they're, they're one issue, mm-hmm. uh, and we had Turning Point, Point. And, and my freshman year, those were the two that were there, and then we got YAF, and then I mean, College Republicans was around, but it was. Not what it is now. Yeah, not, to, really not to to my, whore, not to, <laughs> to my own horn. Not to two my own horn. But they were, they, were, they were going for different things. Um, but basically, the, the two prominent ones were AFL and uh, Turning Point, which are both still around. Mm-hmm. But now we've built a lot more off of that. And we've gotten bigger, stronger, more influential. Um, and, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Because like, I'm a senior. So like, this, is, this is where I get off the train. But I am excited to see what happens afterwards. Mm -hmm. Are you a junior
1: or senior? senior? I am a junior.
0: A junior. So you have a little bit more time on the trade.
1: Got some time, yeah. Got some time to find replacements. (laughs) Yeah. All that stuff.
0: But, you know, I I try to be optimistic when looking to the future. Even though we have OAT, you know, uh, breathing down our necks and trying to disrupt our events. um, We can't, you know, we can't let that define us. We can't let that stop us.
1: Oh totally, and
0: yeah. you know, I mean, we we gotta rise above that. That's the challenge at hundred percent. And UA so far done really well at that. I mean, y'all y'all have not let the fan club stop you with appreciate their signs and you. their <laughs> whistles
1: <laughs> and their umbrellas and everything. Awesome, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, Thank it's you. been it's it's tough sometimes with the uh, the online harassment. You know, it's tough to get other people to get involved. But I, I think the thing that people have to remember is that we're not alone. And uh, there's strength in numbers, you know? Yeah. It's about organizing. If we don't organize, there will never be that that apparatus to fight back against radical leftism. Because that, whether you are, you know, Democrat or Republican within the realm of America, it'd be the same thing as if there were these radical right-wing people who wanted to usher in some, you know, Christian monarchy in America, which I Mm -hmm. think we can all, you know, for some reason we can agree that that's bad, but we can't agree that a radical leftist socialist uh, dictatorship Is maybe not the worst idea There's a lot of people who have accepted that As a potential reality for America Mm -hmm. And I think whether you identify As left or right If you identify as American you should be against that And that's kind of the goal of Uncensored America Is to have these conversations To bring people back together Rather than pushing us away And pushing people apart To have these conversations on tough issues No matter where you line up on them And maybe find common ground You know it's a big thing with Stephen Crowder's changed my mind. Is it's all about finding common ground in society, and if we can't do that, we're never gonna start to bridge the divide mm-hmm. that has been slowly and slowly widening for the past, as I said before, the past seventy years. I would argue maybe up to a hundred years. It, it's there's so many through lines. You know, there's so many things you can draw a through line through. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> through line through. It's 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 funny, man. It's. It's weird how history works like that. Everything's yeah. very interconnected, and people don't like to conceptualize it that way.
0: But I would definitely say that, um, thankfully, we can be optimistic and look at, even though there are leftists on campus mm-hmm. that want to tear us down, there are also leftists that do want to talk. And, um, like you said, us building those bridges and talking to them and trying to come to a, a, a vision for America that that works, That that's the, the point of all of us doing these things. Oh, yeah,
1: definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: But... Um, But yeah, so thank you for coming on the podcast. Of Um, course. Thanks for having me, man. I'm trying to to go around and, and, you know, our mission statement obviously is we're trying to get conservative voices on to kind of explain their experiences on campus and and just being a youthful conservative um, so that one day maybe someone looks at this and goes, maybe one day no one will look at this, but maybe one day someone will look at this and go, wow, this is like, you know, this is how it was Mm -hmm. Uh, at this time on USC, you know. That's that's kind of the goal, so and yes. I think that you know with UA you're being a part of that kind of vision for this goal. So I'm glad you came on.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you, man.
0: Thanks for the opportunity. Of course, it's a great time. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Gamecocks on the Right. Um, again, I'm your host Dakota, uh, and you can find us on our Instagram usd College Republican, and you also find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify and YouTube. Thank you.